Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host, Adil Kirji, and this week, uh, for the final time this week, I'm joined by Darren Husted. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, you know, it was a wonderful Thursday evening. Um, you know, we're obviously getting close to uh, bonfire night, so, you know, there's been a lot of fireworks. I don't know about near you, but always... Um, you know, with, with the with the end of Diwali and then also the start of Bonfire Night, just a lot of a lot of uh, oh, noise around me constantly, always with the fireworks. Fortunately, I don't have any pets. You know, many years ago, mm. my mom had a dog, and that dog hated fireworks, so it would just basically curl up in a ball and shiver oh, for the entire thing. yeah. So um, when I lived in Bristol, this run up was I'm going to say tiresome, but here here in Durham. Uh, haven't heard a firework yet. Okay. Um, and let's just say, uh, Wally is not, uh, <laughs> not as big of an issue noise wise. Yeah, not, not a, uh, here in the northeast of England. Uh, um, yeah, not really a, a huge thing in Durham. Uh, I mean, I the thing is, I'm I don't think I I guess I say I don't think there's any um, uh, good warriors near me. But you know, this is a, this is a city yeah. that has like. 20, 30 good warriors. There's like a lot of good warriors all over the place yeah. here. So, um, yeah, and I am quite close to a, at least two, um, uh, like, Muslim temples as well. So, you know, mm. and there's a couple of churches around here. So, you know, there's a lot of events, basically, that involve fireworks for the various communities. Right. Um, yeah, as we know, religions and fireworks go hand in hand. Yes. Makes complete sense, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's celebrate a guy who tried to overthrow the government. In fact, I think we should really yeah. try and celebrate him a bit more these days rather than just sitting yeah, on fire, yeah. you know, like... I don't want to comment on uh, the government of the day, but, you know... I don't want to say anybody should be setting up any uh, fireworks underneath Parliament in 2023, but uh, I think we're overdue. Speaking of overdue, it's long overdue. I tell you which minute we're on, which is uh, minute 120. That's 015900 to 015959. We're about to hit two hours, folks. Um, so, as always, I'll just do a quick recap. We um, ended last minute with Benoit starting to uh, to tell Helen he's right. The contents of that envelope in his possession switch to our minute starts with... Now that we're our only physical evidence. And we get a nice cut to Miles clicking the lighter. Good Foley work. Um, right. Benoit looks down. Miles g- continues. You want to take that to the cops? You want to take it to the courts? <laughs> Benoit glares and grinds his teeth a bit uh, and grabs his coat and walks off. Miles continues. You you pick your poison. Anywhere you go, it's going to be your word against mine. How do you think that's going to go? I think it's going to go about like it went for Andy. Um, and then we cut to uh, Lionel and Claire, and Claire looks kind of horrified and ang- angry. Lionel says, uh, we close, cut to a close-up on defeated-looking Helen, Miles. And I, I do want to say, y- your sister was a complicated woman, but she meant the world to me. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Heron, Helen stares at him stone-faced and then starts walk, walking away, looking around the w- room as the music starts to swell. Nobody stepping up. We cut to Bertie, uh, defeated, looking, looking down. Claire looks angry but trapped. Helen says, "Raise your hand and say I saw him take Duke's gun." And that is our minute. So quite a fewer words, um, but still mostly 
talking and reactions in, the, in, in this this our last minute together. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it? I, I think it kind of emphasizes what we were talking about yesterday, which is like, you know, there are no police here. You know, there is there, mm. the court system has already had, you know, as as Miles will emphasize, you know, he they've already had their day in court and they lost. And so obviously Miles is expecting that it will go the same way this time. Like if if I mean, I've got to be honest, though, I think, you know, he, he's hedging a lot of his bets with the fact that if they say you murdered Andy, <laughs> that there would be no investigation. Like, I'm sure there would be some kind of investigation. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, like it, that's quite a serious accusation. And I mean, I, you know, I, I think it's funny because it kind of it kind of calls to the fact that, the, you know, there are prominent, um, you know, uh, white men who have gotten away with crimes like that, you know, thinking about like Robert Durst mm. or, um, you know, uh, what's his face who did Wall of Sound? What was his name? Oh, with the wigs. Uh, Al Pacino played him in that film. Uh, Ron, it, it, Spectre? Phil Spectre. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, That's like, you know, Phil Spectre basically just went and shot a woman and kind of got away with it and then, you know, eventually didn't get away with it. But it's funny because, yeah. like, you know, there there is a, a kind of history of, you know, men going to court and kind of getting away with it and i think this is you know and and obviously miles bron is one of those he went to court he got away with it like he lied and mm-hmm. everybody agreed with him so it's it, the fact that he's in this situation of like well what are you going to do like call the cops like um it does remind me of that hilarious um i don't know i don't know if you call it a meme but like uh the mm-hmm. the guy who's like uh, what are you going to do stab me and underneath it's like quote from man who was stabbed um, so I think it's funny that like Miles is like you're going to get the cops like you know but Benoit has basically said I'm not a cop I can't do anything like I I can solve the mystery and that's as far as it goes and so now Miles is like yeah he solved the mystery congratulations you're correct but what what happens now um, you know like we say this is the bit after the murder mysteries where most people just like put their hands forward and wait for some cuffs to be put on whereas Miles is doing the exact yeah. opposite of being like you know waving his arms around being like Don't, there's, there are no cuffs on me like there's nothing you can do you're on my private island and I've just admitted to basically murdering two different people and there are no cops. And trying to murder another one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just keeps trying to murder people. And it's like, there's, there's, sometimes he succeeds. And and it's like, there's nothing you can do. There, there is, there is no law here. And, and that goes for like the police or the courts. There's no law that mm-hmm. will protect you on this particular Greek island, uh, which I don't know that we ever found out the name of, but let's call it, you know, Milestopia. It's like this is it. He's he, much like in the words of uh, Sylvester Stallone, noted Oscar winner. He is the law. Like you're on his island. There, you know, he's basically saying to them, "Look, there's there's nothing you can do. Like it's it's hopeless." And some of that might be correct, but I think also he's he's trying to reinforce the gaslighting from the previous minute, where he's like, "Yeah, you know, he, he, he's you know, although he is self assured, I think he might be nervous that actually." They can bring him down if they all disagree with this notion. So he, oh, yeah, he has is, to he's paint still a picture. Blustering, right? Yeah, he has to paint a picture of like there's no, there's nothing you can do. Like, it, you know, even bringing up Andy and being like, you know, uh, she meant the world to me. Sorry for your loss. Like, kind of sarcastically, as if to say she lost in court. You're gonna lose in court. Like the only the only time that he's really referring to Andy in these these kind of monologues in these minutes is to emphasize the fact that she lost, you know, she, she couldn't, you know, she, she was way cleverer than Miles and she had all the evidence she needed and yet she still didn't win. So what are you going to do when you've got no evidence and you, you're going up against a billionaire, you know, white guy. But also like, 
Yeah. Also, literally, the I got away with. He's he's making clear, like I get to say she meant the world to me, and I'm sorry for your loss because I'm already I already got away with murdering her. That's the like implication of that sentence, right? Yeah. I get to. The only way I get to say this is if is if I wasn't under suspicion of murdering her because that's insane, right? He so like he by saying. I'm gonna tell you the story. I'm. It's like, look, this is this is the story I've got. This is what I'm running with. I'm run, I'm so sure of it. I'm already starting to 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 change the narrative and be like, it's so sad that she's gone. She meant the world for me. We 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 like had corporate differences, but we were always close. Like that's the line he's gonna say to the press when he gets back from the island. When now that everything's come out, has come out, right? And he's like, I'm so confident in that i'm going to tell you to your face that story yeah which is i think why it's such a good shot for um to like have that shot of lionel and claire where claire's dumbfounded by the audacity and just can't even say anything uh and um because the previous time we saw her oh no it's later in the minute we we see her and she still feels like that anger doesn't go anywhere right so for Claire's trip through this minute, like partway through, we cut through to her and like Lionel says, Jesus, we know Lionel's like, how that's so effed up that you are saying this in front of us all. And Claire looks horrified. But then when we cut to Helen being like, nobody's stand, stepping up. Claire looks angry, but she just looks like a caged animal. She's like, I don't know what to do with this anger because I'm I'm already assuming I'm un, I'm still under the spell. I think I, that's the vibe I got, which I thought was so well acted um, uh, by Catherine Hahn. Like just that last few seconds where you get the shot of her just again, you can see she does not have any love or respect for Miles, but is still not like stepping up. I think it's funny as well because, like, it's almost exactly the same thing that happened like an hour ago in the film, which is when they found out about Clear. And they found out about mm. the fact that the whole place is powered by it and it's going to be put into people's homes. And, you know, again, Lionel was the only one who was kind of like, what on earth is, <laughs> what are you doing? Whereas, like, you know, Claire was also like, oh, this is disastrous. You know, I'm I'm on an island with, like, a billionaire who's trying to blow up all my constituents. But, again, mm. she like, she was a lot easier, like, you know, and obviously Birdie and Duke didn't understand what was happening. Um, but like yeah. it's it's funny because again like an hour later we've got a different set of revelations and again Lionel's the only one who seems to understand the implications and Claire again is a little bit like kind of beholden to what Miles wants and so it's kind of interesting that again like their characters are consistent in that Lionel again Lionel is more intelligent than Miles so he's the one who can see how crazy this is and Claire is the one that's catching up and I, you know we don't really get much from uh, you know, uh, birdie or peg or, or whiskey in this one, but I think it, it's funny because it's like, as a group, um, like you know, when Miles was telling everyone about how the disruptors broke stuff and how they did that, it's like they, you know, Duke didn't break anything by just being a Twitch streamer, and Claire yeah. didn't break anything by just being elected, like in the normal manner in which most representatives or senators are, yeah, or governor. Like she got the most votes and she won. That's that's not disrupting anything. That's literally following the exact system that you're meant to. Um, and I, I and again, like Birdie, you know, she like she wasn't. She's just an actress. Yeah, she's an actress. She just she just says whatever you wanted to say. And so it's like, and again, like Lionel, you know, he's he knows that 
what Miles is doing is kind of crazy, but he somehow makes it work because it's his job's dependent on it. And I think all of that kind of comes into it this time when, you know, they're finding out these revelations and he's saying, you know, you're all going to go along with me because the last time you went along with me and the last time Andy lost in court and therefore her sister will also lose in court. Um, although, like I say, I think if, if, if the detectives who are discovering the body of Cassandra Brand start investigating mm. it and if somebody said to them, well, Miles is the person who murdered her and he has ample motive to do that, then yeah. the, the might it might be a bit more difficult. Like the court case might be a little bit more trying than just him, t- you know, telling everyone I didn't do it and then then take it. So I I don't know how much of the outside of this, you know, the bubble that they're in that would actually work. But obviously, you know, in terms of he needs, you know, the room. He needs them all to be on his side, and and that's all that this is is just him kind of, you know, pedaling very oh, quickly it's, it's... to try and stay above water. Um, yeah and this is again like we've talked about it a bunch but like this is the skill set he has he knows that he can't show weakness or even show that there's an the the way through this is to not give away to the people he's gaslighting that there's another narrative they could do right yeah as soon as they realize that they don't have to be under his spell or like you said that that like Hey, if one of us isn't on board, this whole house of cards falls apart when we leave this crazy island because obviously the police have to do something and there's stuff that isn't the napkin. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, there's uh, two bodies for a start. So, yeah. Like, something's got to happen like, with them. That's, yeah. Um, so, but like, if he projects this narrative at the point where they all agree that's the then they're already going to start helping him cover up those other things and if he can get them thinking that they have to without he enables them to skip the step where they're like oh why don't i not cover this up but instead expose it right because he needs like this is the crucial moment and because this is where miles actually has skill right he has he he is projecting this really well like and we see that in the reactions in the later part of the minute right these like and i think looking down like birdie looking down and and kind of defeated um and him he's smirking and like even just the right in the first three seconds right where benoit says possession of it was was our only physical evidence then we cut to him and at like three seconds and he's holding the lighter up and goes click and this stupid three inch blue flame comes up and he's like sort of pursing it like pulling his li- the opposite of pursing his lips right he's he's, he's hot it's like kind of what do you call lemon that, lemon face sure i guess yeah. yeah like both his lips are now tucked in yeah and he's kind of like mm. yeah like, like, it's, Ooh, like it's i'm a scam <laughs> yeah. i destroyed the evidence like i'm so confident i can be joking around yeah because this is obviously fine because i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine you're all on my side we all agree foggy recollections like he just has to be playful to show no worry right i think also he's helped a little bit by the fact that blank is admitting there's nothing he can do like Mm -hmm. he's saying you know like he can solve the mystery and that's where it finishes and so that's helping because that's where miles is launching off from because miles is saying yeah he solved the mystery okay i murdered Andy and I murdered. And here's an iPad. And I murdered Duke. Yeah, here's an iPad Pro. And also, that doesn't matter because the court, the, you know, the cops and the courts aren't going to listen to him. 
Um, even mm. though, of course, he has a reputation for being like a well-renowned detective. So I feel like his his word might carry a little bit of weight. But, you know, he, mm-hmm. even he's admitting there's nothing else I can do. And Miles is like, see, I'm correct. There's nothing else you can do. You may as well all get on board right now with my yeah. I mean, version of the yeah, events. It, it shows a nice weakness of Benoit, which is Benoit is a puzzle solver, as we talked about in previous days this week. Uh, and also Benoit is is also beholden to the truth. And the yeah. truth is, he can't do anything else. Like he, yeah, he he can try, yeah. but like, just that's not the thing that like, yeah. The same way, the same way with Marta in Knives Out, like he can tell Marta, oh, the person who, you know, murdered Fran is 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 ransom. The person who switched the vials is ransom. You know, but that's but that's it. That's as much like he could tell that to the police as well. And I'm, I'm guessing before he calls ransom in, that's what he does. But it's like un- unless he's got an actual taped confession. And an attempted murder <laughs> that like it requires yeah. a, a next level of like up until up until in that film, up until that moment, spoilers, for, obviously, for Knives Out until the moment where Ransom tries to kill Marta. There isn't any solid evidence that he did anything. And there's no evidence that he burnt down the lab. There's no evidence that he hired Benoit. There's no like there's literally mm-hmm. no evidence for anything until he admits on tape he tried to kill Fran and then he tries to kill Marta and then we find yeah. out that Fran's dead and then obviously that makes him rather than an attempted murderer that makes him a murderer so like until that very moment at the in the last like five minutes of Knives Out until he actually tries to commit a murder and police see him do it there's nothing that Benoit Blanc can do and that's the same in this there's nothing that Benoit Blanc can do yeah. we're two hours in and all we've done is tell you yes Miles killed two people and that's yeah. as, that's as much as, as Benoit Blanc can do for you as a viewer and also as a detective, he can't do anything else. Yeah. We're at the we're at the dead end of like that's it, you know. Yeah, and I think this minute's really great to just telegraph that in case you didn't catch it that this is not just like banter back and forth because, um. So he he lights lighter and and he goes right to in response to it was only a piece of physical evidence and he's got this confidence and it's uh and then we immediately pop to um. Benoit looking down. I can't look Helen in the face. Uh, and we cut back to um, Miles being like, like pseudo sympathetically being like, want to take that to the cops? Like, is that going to work? Yeah. Um, and then kind of like shrugs and then, and then want to take it to court. Like with this incredulity, like, like you could take it to the cops. That's going to happen. It's obviously not going to work at the courts. And Benoit just stares at him, turns, grabs his coat, and starts walking off because he in in and just like literally walks into the unfocused background and then off screen, while we focus on Helen being like completely like broken and like but only in her eyes, right? She's not her face, her expression is sadness and despair, but not like huge. She's she's holding it in, but it's she's obviously like, well, no. But I just think that that like this is around twenty two seconds. But if you care, um, that just interplay of exactly that. They're, like Benoit not only said the thing, now Miles is like hammering it home. Benoit's like, "You're right. That's all I can do. I might as well not be on screen anymore." Yeah, I, right. And I think it's funny because obviously I'm done. We and this is what I said yeah. I could do. And 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 it's funny because obviously. You know, Helen obviously she knew that beforehand. She knew she, Helen knew that you know there was nothing else he was going to be able to do. He could solve the mystery, and that's the end of it. I don't think you know 
it's funny because throughout the whole of this, she has like the hot sauce, you know, blood stain, and she also has like the bullet hole in her. Oh, so yeah. like it's basically emphasizing all the previous crimes that Miles has Miles has attempted this weekend. But it's like mm-hmm. she already knows, you know, much much like the rest of the disruptors that the court the court wouldn't you know, court case might not work out. And you know, the fact that he says, you know, take it to the cops. It's like, well, yeah, what, what like what are you going to tell him? Miles shot at me with a gun because he thought I was my dead sister who he'd already murdered. Like, it starts to get so elaborate and, like, it's very difficult to be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's like, it's like, no, it's Miles Braun. He's a genius. Like, he, you know, like, mm. this sounds too... Again, like, everyone else will kind of be like Birdie where they'll be like, this sounds too dumb. Like, Miles Braun is a genius. He would not have done this. He would have done something that was more clever. Yeah. So, you know, maybe he's counting on that as well. But, yeah, like... The, the whole kind of sarcastic, you know, sorry for your loss. It's like, act, like you say, acting as if he wasn't the one who killed her. Um, yeah, like, but like, like literally, he's, he's like, just hearing just about it pr- from somebody else. And and just being like, this is the story we're all going to pretend now. I'm just going to immediately start being in the pretend without even waiting for anyone to, like, accept or contradict or agree, right? Yeah. It's just, I'm through sheer force of. This revelation, I'm going to run with it and try and just kind of strong arm everyone into this. Like this, this like conscious gaslighting of themselves. Yeah. I, mean, I say gaslighting because this is, he's intending to change their narrative. It just not in the usual way that gaslighting works. I mean, it's funny because it, it does very much remind me of uh, Jeff Winger uh, from Community where he would say like, the reason he became a lawyer is because he was very good at talking and that either meant, you know, he could talk long enough that people would believe what he was saying. And that either meant that he was, you know, really good at talking or he was a God who could reshape the universe. And it feels very much like miles is hoping that if he talks long enough, he can reshape the universe to be like, Oh yeah. Miles Brown didn't murder anyone. And there's no evidence of him, you know, stealing the napkin from Andy's house. And, you know, so him kind of, like you say, gaslighting, but not not gas, gaslighting the people in the room, but c- coming to an agreed narrative so they could gaslight everyone else yes. and be like, this yeah. is what happened. Um, and obviously the only people not willing to accept it, uh, as we'll see in a, you know the next few minutes, are going to be Andy and uh, and Blank. And they will both be like, no. <laughs> like, there's got to be a way. And like you say, you know, the minute finishes with uh, Helen trying to get the rest of the disruptors to join her. Um, in agreeing on a different on the truth rather than than Miles' narrative, yeah. like she's she's not she's not saying lie and say that he took Duke's gun. Be like, agree that we all saw him take Duke's gun. Yeah, <laughs> like you know. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's going to come down to a battle of who can reshape the minds of the the disruptors, um, and also mm. obviously Peg and Whiskey who are not disruptors. Uh, yeah, you know, just hangers on basically. Even just the, I'll, I'll switch gears to the other thought I had, which was like the, just the needless dig of Andy was a complicated woman as well, um, which is like, just a thing to say about someone who just lost their sister, but also doubly because really what he's leaning into there is is again the narrative that he tried to create with, with the. Um, the drugging and the putting in the garage, right? That she was troubled because troubled people kill themselves and untroubled people do. That's the the stigma, etc. I'm not claiming that's the case. That's just obviously the narrative he's trying to push on. So it does show that he's like, 
planning through this whole thing that like and and again you said this i think yesterday and the day before but like we, we sometimes the talking he's doing is just him thinking out loud and you could see his plan forming in the moment because he's all impulse and like hasn't thought things through at all and so this is him that moment where he was like not only is he trying to give a dig but also like and like again convince people that um the story we're all going to go with is that like uh andy uh he had nothing to do with andy's death but he's also like to her face to her sister's face right being like oh yes she killed herself i uh, not not just i didn't kill her but oh yeah she killed herself she was troubled which is like the depth of awful that that like comment has is just a thing i think we didn't quite like catch that angle and i wanted to put a hat on it because i think it's so important to just how despicable he is and why the our your reaction can't be anything but what right yeah and and like so even this is the moment where like two of his disruptors we cut to lionel being like jesus because that is really awful on so many like levels and and uh and clara again was was like looking horrified and yet Right. So there's this break in them. And this is why I think this minute is really interesting is because that that's that moment. And then we cut to like the last 10 seconds where we see Helen make this like appeal to them and they're all just frozen and or already kind of assuming that this that they're going along with things like Bertie kind of just looks away, um, kind of defeated, meaning she's on she's can't look at Helen and uh, Claire just looks like I said, a little caged, but like at least has some moment of eye contact, but it's just like, they are done. They were done before this happened. Like in this minute, it seems like, okay, this is just the way it's going to roll guys. Like Helen can, Benoit's walked away. He's done his job. Helen's like, can you be decent people? And the answer is no. Right. Like no. that's the, like, and, and, and he still has his hand on his chest in this pantomime of like sympathy. That is like, again, so that that's why I wanted to bring it up is because in the background of the shot of her appeal, he hasn't moved his hand off his chest. So he's still like holding the story of him being sorrowful for his this important person being de dead in the room. Right. By keeping his that like hand on his chest, he's still like emanating that this is what like I'm I'm so sorry. Everyone knows this is what's going on, even as. She's trying to, like, she is now the center of attention. He's still being, like, in the background, invoking that narrative not so subtly by not removing that, that fake notion of sympathy. I think it's a really interesting choice, uh, which visually really shows, like, the hold he's supposed to have on everyone. Yeah, and I think it's funny because, like, you know, uh, you know Whiskey has obviously just been standing there heartbroken over Duke's death. And she doesn't say anything. And obviously Peg is kind of just in the background standing there. And again, like there's no reaction from anyone when when Helen is like trying to, to rouse them and, and, you know, say, look, you know, they didn't, you know, they didn't just, he didn't just swap glasses and, you know, um, just, like Duke, Duke's death wasn't an accident. It wasn't just an allergic reaction. Like it was planned out. And, you know, they're not going to, at this point, obviously, they're not going to go along with it. We'll see how they do in future minutes. But, you know, like like you say, it's just they're all stuck there. And they're like, for them, the, the, this moment, it doesn't seem like there is a way out. Like, you know, the courts aren't going to help. The police probably won't be able to do anything, you know, and that's it. Andy's, Andy's gone. You know, Helen, 
you know, who's tried her best. Benoit Blanc can't do anything. So if you're, you know, Claire or Birdie or, or Lionel, you're just sitting there being like, well, this is it. We're stuck. You know, we're stuck with, uh, you know, uh, we're stuck with Miles Braun as our guardian angel, as the person who's going to give us, you know, all the money. Or And the thing is, like, uh, the what, what I do find weird is that, you know, Birdie is being asked to make this statement about the sweatshops that's basically going to end her career. So I would think yeah. that she would at least... Uh, you know, be willing to do something. But I, you know, I guess she's hoping that once she does that, Miles will still be around to kind of help fund her or give her money or something. And, you know, that's that's like probably going to be conditional I think that's, on... Yeah, know, supposed to be the up implication. Yeah, is that when she gives that statement, then she'll be okay. But, uh, you know, I would think like, I mean, obviously Birdie isn't intelligent enough to kind of think these things through, but it like it's, you know, if Miles is the one forcing you to say this, then feels like there's a certain element of leverage you have where you can basically say, well, Miles was the one who found the factory. Like, you know, there's got to be a paper trail for that. So it's it's kind of, you know, it, Birdie wouldn't have been the kind of person who would have sourced a factory to make clothing. So Yeah, but she's also not the type of person to understand that dynamic, I think is the implication. But yeah, I mean, you know, we, right, like, we're basically leaving everybody frozen, agreeing with Miles. Um, and, uh, you, you know, an interesting place to kind of finish... Uh, in ter- in terms of like the appeals from uh from Helen like you know yeah. throughout throughout these minutes she has been the one who's been trying to emphasize to them you know i mean we've obviously had memoir saying miles is dumb but th- you know that doesn't th- you can't take anyone to court for being dumb and so helen is the one who's been trying to say you know my sister was murdered duke was murdered people? he tried to murder me like he she's the one trying to bring the evidence to the to the d- disruptors and between her and Miles, they're almost like, you know, a devil and an angel on everyone's shoulders saying, like, this is this is what happened. And then Miles saying, nah, I don't think it is. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, I don't remember yeah. it that way. And and it's, you know, it's it's for, it's for the disruptors to then make the choice of, like, do you tell the truth or, you know, do you just go along with Miles and his money? Yeah, because that's the, that's the closest thing we have to, um, well... Interesting. Miles points this out. Like, what do you want to take it to the cops? You want to take it to the courts? You pick your poison. Poison anywhere you go, it's going to be your word against mine. And what's actually a, a really interesting about this is it's factually correct. Anywhere she goes, but where she if where she is now, it's not. Yeah. And that's why this appeal matters, right? Because if she goes anywhere, the 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 facts are gone. But there are facts now, which are everyone here knows what happens. They witnessed the reveals. They witnessed him essentially admitting to it. They witnessed him burning evidence, right? There are witnessed things. And these are the people which she appeals to, right? She says, raise your hand. Say, I saw him take Duke's gun. Do the right thing, right? Um, Because she's actually read right through Miles's point, which is anywhere she goes, she's in trouble. But where, if she, where she stays, where she is now, she has an opportunity for things to be different for miles to be, um, to be undone, but it needs these people to step up. And so that's why she has to just immediately appeal to them. Yeah. Or more Um, importantly, she needs them to step up to the streets. Hmm. True. Or Step Up Which Four, no name. Miami Fever. I can't remember what the other sequels were in the Step Up series. Mm. Um, I've I've only seen the first two. I haven't seen any of them. 
I've just seen the posters. What? You haven't stepped up? No, I did. I mean, at the time, I didn't feel like. Oh, stepping I should have said you got to step it up. Yeah, mm, it's too late now. There. The moment has passed. Adil. Wow, you can edit it. Come on now, <laughs> editor boy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he They need to step up, and that's that. You know, that is the that's the appeal that is being placed at the end of this this minute of like, you know, put your hand up and and yeah, Miles. You know, outside of this island, he knows that he's got the upper hand, but inside the island, uh, you know, he's yeah, we're step. I'm just just for, for completion's sake. It's step up, step up to the streets, step up 3D, yeah. step up revolution, step up all in, oh. and step up year of the dance. I didn't even realize it had gone that far. I didn't realize we. I didn't either. That's that's why I had to share it because I was just like, <laughs> oh shit! There's... I knew step up. I knew I step up maybe 3D. Four, not six. I knew step up 3D, yeah. but I didn't realize that we had we had gone that far into step up six. I mean, Post revolution. I know, and, and and let's face it, after the revolution, what was left? But you know. Uh, people's I mean, people stepping in. up. Yeah, they had to go. I mean, they had to go all in. You, you've got no other choices yeah. once you've had a revolution. Quite frankly, um, so Step Up Year of the Dance is is a Chinese produced and marketed film. Okay, youth from different social classes in Beijing come together for to form China's best dance crew and learn what it really means to be family. Released internationally. I, I'm so, just. <laughs> it's just an odd place way for like mostly given the the separation between chinese cinema and um and hollywood i'm just surprised it's an installment in the step up series and not just a movie from china yeah what would blow your mind is the fact that there was three seasons of a tv series called step up high water step up high yeah. water i do remember yeah. that being advertised on youtube um oh that's because it was a youtube red Mm-hmm. And YouTube Premium and Stars joined. Yeah, it was around. It was around oh. the time that um, the Karate Kid follow-up series was. What's that called? Mm. Um, uh, the name of the dojo. Uh, that it was around that time when that came out, and there was a lot of adverts for Step. What the thing is, uh, even though it was like a YouTube Premier thing, you could just watch it. You didn't have to sign up to. Oh, it was. It was just yeah. That was the production company, but yeah. it wasn't actually no. blocked. It wasn't behind the paywall. You didn't, you didn't have to pay. You could just literally watch it on YouTube. Uh, oh, it's really, interesting. really odd. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's a diversion for people into the franchise that is Step Up, uh, which, f- funnily enough, in in the West has been moribund since 2014. <laughs> so, mm. um, yeah, you know, they, very odd. They really kind of, you know, went crazy by sticking one out like every other year from the first one to... The fifth one, and then not, not so much now. Although apparently, Step Up uh, Year of the Dance is also known as Step Up China, which sounds like a very big demand for like 1.5 billion people <laughs> to do, <laughs> like, or just like a some sort of weird critique. Yes, I feel that we have drifted away from the what. <laughs> Look, I have you know. I mean, they do need to step up, runner. That I'm the host here, and I'll tell you when we've drifted. No, they kidding. do need. They do need to step Look, up. That is the that's the emphasis that we need. They need to step up. Yeah. And, and you're right, we've drifted into high waters. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, I was going to, uh, after this diatribe, I mean, I think this is just one of those minutes, which is, um, it's really influential, um, but uh, actually, like, cinematically, in, like, uh, cinematography is, like, actually quite light, and so I, you normally have, like, weird little shots I like talking about. But actually, the one thing I wanted to talk about that I kind of hinted at, but it's just a really nice moment, it was just at around 13 seconds. It's that it's when Benoit gives up, right? Yeah. And it's the it's the him staring. It's not stone faced, but like not defeated, but just sort of like I don't know what that look he has on his face. It's not resigned, but it's 
kind of angry and just like, well, this is where, where I'm at. And it's the way Daniel Craig, um, like holds his eyes as he turns his body for just a couple, like just a half second before he turns and we have the, we see the jacket and he like grabs it perfectly like on the side of the frame and, and then, and then just walks off holding it one hand in his pocket. And we, and the, the dynamic shot is like focusing in on, on Helen, but just that pivot. I just really like that acting and like how it, it shows just like his opinion of Miles and the situation, but also his role. Uh, and I think that it's it's it was really well done. And like just again, the choice of shots and and like just even the way Daniel Craig like briskly grabs the coat, not like angrily, just like briskly, and like grab and just walks off. Um, it's just such a nice touch and it was telegraphed in the previous minutes because that coat was hanging and the only thing distracting from Miles's like clean shot of him in front of his table was that coat awkwardly hanging on whatever he uh, Benoit had put it on and now Benoit's cleaning that up for, for him. a couple of shots it looks like it's hanging off one of the glass structures but I, I think it is yeah but it's like not one of the precarious ones but one of the more solid no. ones I think mostly yeah. it's just him recreating his favorite uh, sketch from the fast show uh, where he just gets his coat, which if you remember that, uh, there was I there don't. was a character who literally would just say something embarrassing, and then he go, "I'll get my coat," and then he would just go off. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that was the only thing I I wanted to sort of bring up. Uh, the rest I thought was pretty straightforward, mostly just like like we said, acting and some some reactions. Um, and so as it's Friday, um, thoughts on the whole thing then? Uh, yeah, this is a terrible film. I hate it. I mean, uh, no, I'm kidding. Um. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't know, this has all been a build-up of of just him, just yeah, Aaron just, collating just reasons some, why yeah, he hates just for me film. to come on and roast the hell out of Ryan Johnson and his incompetence. Um, no, I mean, I think uh, you know throughout the throughout the whole thing, there have been different opinions about you know people's how you know how they feel if it lives up to Knives Out and whether or not they prefer Knives Out. And I would say, you know, I feel like until we've got like a third Benoit Blanc film, I think it's going to be a little hard to judge. Like, okay, you know, you, I mean, I think a lot, you know, the majority opinion, I would say, of the guests and the hosts has been that they preferred Knives Out. Uh, but, you know, that yeah. is a film that is effectively setting up a universe. And then this is a film that is playing in that universe, but it is extremely constrained by the fact that they had to shoot it under COVID conditions. So, yeah. you know, it's a little difficult to be like, it's the same, you know, as I mentioned, the you know, the Kenneth Branagh, like Death on the Nile. That was basically mm. shot with everyone being like two feet apart or six feet or seven feet. Like uh, the whole barely any of the cast could be near each other because of COVID restrictions and everything's against green screens. Mm. So you kind of have to give it a little bit of like, OK, you know, whether or not the acting performances were up to scratch is completely separate from the fact that it was shot in a way that meant it was almost impossible for them to to kind of shoot it as you normally would for like a you know mystery film. Um, and I think the same is true yeah. here. You know, like obviously Ryan Johnson has he decided not to skirt around the fact that it happened during COVID, which I thought was a very smart move. Yeah, because because I mean you have two choices. You you pretend that COVID never happened, and you set it in an alternate universe where that doesn't that never happened. Which I think there's a lot of films that have come out since that kind of just ignore the fact that COVID happened, and they just take place in the modern day without ever talking about what's happened in the last couple of years which is you know that's a that's a way to go you know there were, uh, there were films that came out in like 2003 2004 that never mentioned 911 uh, there were also films yeah. you know a few years later that were literally set on 911 <laughs> so like you, you, it's such a big event you've got to pick one and it, you know uh, the pandemic is obviously you know i mean f- maybe for our american friends maybe it's not but 
I think the pandemic is a bigger event than like 9-11. And so it's something that yeah. you ca- you just cannot set a film in 2020 or 2021 without at least acknowledging that something is going on. Um, and, you know, there were some TV shows that were still in production around this time that made the choice to like jump forward three years or something or, you know, just to completely yeah. avoid the issue. And, you know, I think, you know, the choice to be like, OK, this is happening during COVID, but these people are cured by a, you know, or not by a billionaire spraying something in their throats and then they can just act like normal. So, the, you know, yeah, of this film. But that's why they're by themselves. That's why. Yeah, that's why. It, the, like, so it were in spoiler territory. That's why the big fleet of boats coming up <laughs> at the end is a big deal. Right. Yeah, because, the, the, you know, it is both the premise, which is we have we, we have to be on an island away from everybody else. And there's no staff and there's only robots and Daryl. That is because of covid. Like if this was if this wasn't yeah. shot during covid, I'm almost certain Miles would have had dozens of people at the island carrying bags constantly coming in and out serving people drinks like it would have been a completely different feel to the film um but you know the fact that that ryan johnson chose to be like okay they're on an island like where is a where is a credible island that they could go i mean they could have you know they could have done this at uh what's the place that's where Weekend at Bernie's is set. What's that thing? The the Hamptons. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, it's well, it's set in the Hamptons. So they could, they could, like, right. under normal normal circumstances, this would have been a billionaire's house in the Hamptons. Like, it would have been in America, but to to you know, for them to be able to shoot, they couldn't. I don't think they could have shot in America without. Like, no, I don't think with the yeah restrictions. So they've obviously shot it in Europe because of that, but then they've used that as the both the premise of the film and the setting. And you know, I'm I'm fine with that. You know, until, like I say, until we get like another Benoit Blanc film, I don't think you can really just have one film that builds the universe and then another one that is set in it and go, oh no, this I don't like this one as that much as better. that one. Yeah, and uh, I think they're both about the same as far as I'm concerned. Like I say, the mystery in both of them is not is not like you know Sherlock levels. It's not it's not complicated. You know, in both cases, it's just a rich kid. Well, uh, well, yeah, both cases, it's a rich kid yeah. commits murder and then tries to cover it up and gets caught like that's literally the yeah. same premise in both films so yeah which i thought i think is like a neat through line right yeah it, and like the old money new money sort of angle is a neat one um and the fact that um new money is so to speak is so exceptionally big uh in the tech world means that you get you get to you can you get to mid covid set it on a freaking island with a giant insane glass sculpture on it because the the, the largesse is so big yeah and i think this like this the, the criticism that some uh, guests have had this is not going to be me roasting guests from previous minutes but the criticism that they I mean, they've ha- why not um, i mean the criticism they have kind of is almost something that ended up being like a parody in rom-coms where Every like everyone was like an architect or you know a, a non-specific job that meant they could have enough money that they could shoot in gigantic houses, and yeah. and that was just you know people complain about the apartments on Friends being being too big, but those were rent controlled, and they actually emphasize that in the final episode. They say these were rent controlled, so it was a, you know they were only paying like you know two hundred dollars a month or whatever it was. So they explain that away, but like the fact that you have to explain things away. Uh, you know, like mm. oh, this this person's you know this person's a doctor, this person's an architect. They make hundreds of thousands a year. That's why they're in a house that's two, three million pounds, and that you know it's it's almost like the whole Richard Curtis thing. Like nobody in Rich Curtis, Richard Curtis films is doing a job that would justify them owning a house in Notting Hill. 
But then, oh, of course not. Th- th- but then, you know, that's where he wants to shoot the film. So you just kind of mention a couple of lines, and that's it. And it's the same with this. Like, okay, he's a billionaire, so we're on a Greek island. Perfect. We can make a gigantic yeah. glass structure, and and like it gives you a bit of play in in terms of what you can do. But it also can be used for commentary. And I think that's you know something that Ryan Johnson obviously you know wants to do as well is like have a bit of commentary about you know and and I think it's funny because obviously in the previous film you had uh, you know uh, Ransom claiming this was like the ancestral home and Benoit Blanc has to say you know he like he bought it in like 1978 <laughs> like it's you yeah know, it isn't it hasn't been in your family for generations it's barely been in your family for a generation so it's a like yeah and and I think. Uh, you, you know, like the, with the, the or talking about all the, the the different words that Miles gets wrong, like the frustration of having someone who is clearly so stupid, having so much money and being able to do whatever they want, and you know that's clearly something that Ryan Johnson you know gets frustrated with, and so you know is channeling it into these films. So if the third film also has that as a theme, then it's like okay, that is what Benoit Blanc does. He ends up in area in in, in places where you know he isn't generally expected to be and he ends up solving a mystery um and that's different to um you know Poirot or it's different to Miss Marple or you know any any other kind of detective generally isn't i mean if you t- like the most basic version of this is like the law and order franchise which you know has been going on for 33 years at this point and those detectives have to be there a crime has mm. been committed. Those de- those detectives have to go and investigate that crime. You know, when it comes to these types of mysteries, they don't have to be there. Benoit Blanc didn't have to be here. He didn't have to come to this island. And so it's finding a credible excuse to put him in those situations. And, you know, so far, I think both of them work really well of like, you know, OK, I don't think that this is a film that ryan johnson envisaged when netflix said let's make two more of these i think oh yeah he probably had a different a slightly different version of this in his head but he probably wanted to do something about tech billionaires and the restrictions of covid meant it's got to be set on an island and then like we say he hand waves it away by having ethan hawk turn up for 30 seconds and cure everyone and then you know it would have been funnier if we'd have had a bit of a postscript where they get back and claire gets and super would. sick with covid because she's been on this island and you know like yeah like if you know that like she gets like a positive test something that like points that this didn't have to actually have like that like oh yeah miles is full of shit yeah and and i you know i think we well, obviously we finished the film with like the police boats turning up um but I think it's funny that, yeah, it would have been funny if there would have been a bit of a, like, they get back to America and, and you know, Birdie's suddenly very sick and Peg's really, you know, having to take care of her. or You know, like, s- something to show that actually Miles was was not all he said he was. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I like, the, the I mean, the, the weeks coming up where everything gets smashed, I like, some people have done those things where they're like, you know, this is this is what Miles was saying when he did his disruptor speak. And he's like, you smash something, and then you, sm- you break something else, and then you break, and... Uh, he's he uh, as with like Lionel saying you burn something and then him burning it it's kind of like the disruptors doing the same thing that Miles does which is like just remembering something someone said and then just acting that out um yeah. and i do, you know in terms of like a when i saw it at the cinema like in terms of like a finale i would say it's slightly less satisfying than knives out but knives out is such a great film and the kind of the ending where we have the the pull out and we see the family below and we see Marta with a cup you know, which bookends the cut being the first thing that you kind of see in the in the film. Like all of that is so good, it was always going to be difficult for Glass Onion to kind of match that. And so I think yeah. finishing with Benoit and 
Helen sitting on the beach. Well, not well, Ben Warren and Daryl, sorry, sitting on the beach waiting yeah. for the police boats to arrive. I think that's, you know, it's not as satisfying because it doesn't feel like in the same way that Martha has now got herself this gigantic mansion and all this money. Like Helen hasn't he, got that. She hasn't she hasn't won so, in the same way that, that, that Martha did. And I think that's why some people weren't quite as satisfied with the ending. I, I, I think for me it was, I mean, one, the, I, I'm just going to be a bit blunt. I don't think the CGI of the fire was good and it pulled me out of the film a bit. CGI fire is always terrible. Um, yeah but like there was a decision to (laughs) to to under those constraints make it so the whole building burned down i also think i found that the like i don't know i i my read up until that point of benoit wouldn't have him as a non-scientist just knowing this is unstable be like here yeah throw throw, throw this like i found that really like super risky cavalier to give the angry person the thing in inc- and in doing that encouraging her to like throw it in the fire and what and what like i get the like the one thing you can do is take this down but everyone could have just died there i think i think it, and i i just found it so strange as like i think the, there's a different way the, to the read parting moment i think there's a different way to read that which is that that like clear is the evidence that miles is doing something dangerous that could get people killed. And then she just chooses yeah. to... Yeah, and then she makes a choice to be like, I'm mm. just going to blow everything up. I don't think Blank is implicitly saying, blow everything up. I think he's just saying, Miles has basically spent the last five minutes saying, there is no evidence. And then he's like, well, here is some evidence. Like, this this little right. thing is some evidence of Miles doing something wrong. Like, it's not going to be as immediate as, like, you know, being able to prove that he murdered Andy or prove that he killed duke or prove the you know the, the the attempted murder of you but it is something that you could take to the courts and lionel knows it's dangerous claire knows it's dangerous bird has been told it's dangerous but you don't need her testimony but like it's something that you could use as leverage to make it clear to miles that you know something that he's doing that's wrong and that's probably the intention that blank had and then of course helen is like i've got nothing to lose like i'm not rich so <laughs> i'll just throw it in this fire and have it explode and destroy everything and yeah she could have got everyone killed but i think it's you know she, maybe she's taking that risk of like if it causes damage and if it injures some people then the investigation will have to say what caused this damage what injured these people oh it was this thing that miles is doing and maybe that will lead them to 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 the same conclusion that miles Braun is doing something that you know is 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 breaking the law effectively and you know maybe that was that maybe that was there was blanc's intention we never really know because of course you know blanc yeah. has already kind of exited at that point but you know i i, I got, maybe that's i got no problem with her just impulsively basically acting like miles Braun and being like yeah i'm just gonna throw this and see what happens <laughs> like yeah that's fair i mean yeah Braun. I- was responding to Bron with Bron. Yeah, I mean, she's the thing is she's um, cornered with basically a person who has, you know, murdered two people and tried to kill her. At yeah. this point, was well, I guess may maybe, as well, maybe that's may as well throw a thing in the fire and have it explode. You know, like let's just try that. Yeah. See, see if that gets any different results. She tried patiently tracking down every single person and finding their yeah. motivations. It got her nowhere. So let's just be impulsive. Let's just do what Miles would do in this situation. Throw it and, and see what happens. Because he's the one who's been succeeding at that. Yeah. His, his me- method works. Been works for yeah. him. So no, let's go fair. for it. Let's just throw this thing and see what happens. And, you know, worst comes to the worst. We're all dead. That's it. Justice has been served. <laughs> like Miles is dead. 
you know, Andy's dead, Duke is dead, that's it. Like, the disruptors are, are, are over. Uh, justice is served. I'm sure all the, the kindergarten teachers or the, the children in her class will be very sad that, you know, Miss Brand is not coming back. But that's it. Like, this is this is her her moment to be impulsive and just try it the way that Miles would do it. Um, and then, you know, it kind of works out for her. Because uh, I don't think Benoit Blanc would be the kind of person who's like, yeah, burn the Mona Lisa. Like... <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, what I will say on that, uh, on that lovely um, note is... Um, I guess I think you've clarified that him, it makes sense given that he's just a puzzle solver. It's just, uh, I think what my like leaning into her reading it as him encouraging her to just like f- things up while he walks away is actually revealing that him walking away when she's still in jeopardy is probably a thing that I just didn't like about the character, even though it makes sense because he solved the puzzle and he can't do anything. And that's what he told her his limits were. And I think maybe that's where my frustration with that, like handing her the evidence moment was, was he was still walking away and he wasn't trying to bring her with her. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to do, he's not a hero. He's a puzzle solver. Right. And that's the moment. That's what that moment like shows he's just saying here here here's a, a piece of a different puzzle that you might win yeah he, he's basically saying take this to the cops take this to the courts like yeah. once you get outside the glass onion then give this to give this to some the authorities and this might help you win and obviously her yeah. first instinct is miles is still going to be able to stop her somehow so the only the only course of action she has is to is to use mm. miles own invention against him and just throw it on the floor <laughs> and have it explode and see what happens yeah um you know so like i i think i think that's you know that's like it feels like a weird like you know with marta she gets the money she gets the house she gets to gloat over all these people and you know she gets proven correct you know we have a speech where blanc sits down and basically says look you were the only person who was honest throughout all this process you were the like you know you she might have you know not said some things but whenever she was asked she was always honest with him uh obviously a penalty of throwing up um, but in this case, it's like there is, there isn't, there doesn't feel like there's the same victory, and I think that's why some people didn't like this as much as, you know, the previous film. Although it's interesting that the previous film finished with like with the Rolling Stones was that was that the last song that was on the previous film, and then in this film it's the Beatles. So I, I'm just, I'm just yeah. oh, wondering yeah. if we're we're going to end up with uh, Ryan Johnson going through, you know, each film has to finish with like a '60s band. Um, I would assume playing a song, <laughs> um, and obviously you know he's also got um, you know films that are based on song titles. So you know it's obviously we're waiting to find yeah. out what the next song title is. Uh, but yeah, you know I I enjoyed the film, and I think like the the whole smashing everything up thing, like it, it feels slightly less satisfying than Marta gloating over the the mm. rest of the you know the the family. But but yeah, but it, it that one wouldn't make sense in this case, right? She's she's the twin sister of the already proven in courts settled ousted business partner who is now dead right yeah there's no way of her gaining also most of miles i mean he's super ultra wealthy and it's not like something she can just be given in in the film because of the way like that kind of wealth happens but also his wealth really in this movie his wealth was the control and like he had over people and so in that way, she took that control away because they broke. 
And then she, like, threatened all their lives, (laughs) and they're all running away, right? He no longer was holding court because she blew court up. I mean, it's it's funny because there is a a version of this story where Andy's half-ownership of Alpha is something that's in the balance and that, that, you know, some shares get found and then it turns out that... You know, uh, Andy had a controlling stake. You know, she had like seventy-five percent of the shares, and then you know yeah. she. Th- th- so then it does mean that yeah, Helen can take over Andy's shares, and like there is a version of the story where you could end it in a similar way to Knives Out of of basically bankrupting yeah. Miles by giving all the power to Helen, but in this case, you bankrupt Miles by destroying the Mona Lisa. You know, a painting that is valued at priceless. So so. You know, yeah. you're literally never like he's never going to recover from that, and obviously it also no. fulfills the whole you know spoken about in the same breath yeah. as the Mona, Lisa, the Mona Lisa, which is in itself is a nonsensical thing that he said, but it sounds like but intellectual, then, but you know it still ends up getting fulfilled. So it's you know it works both ways. Weirdly, when you think about it, I think one of the only ways you could possibly have that come true is. Like that that idiot who burned down the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Because like, how else could what? Well, name me, give me a sentence, right? I mean, or a situation or whatever <laughs> that someone would ever talk about someone. Like, think about the success of other people. You just the Mona Lisa is not like the right type of thing to be invoked in the type of thing he could be successful or known for, right? Well, I mean, it's funny because like there is a person who you could say is talked about in the same breath as the Mona Lisa, and that is uh, Vincenzo Perugo, who is the man who stole the Mona Lisa. <laughs> stole the Mona Yeah, Lisa. so that's yeah. the only other way that you... That's what I mean. It's got to be something about stealing, destroying, spilling a drink on. Yeah. Like, well, this is something it, yeah. like it's... functional and material, which is not the thing types of things he's trying to invoke, right? No, it's well, this is it. It's got to be something criminal for you to be able to spoke about in the same sentence as, as the Mona Lisa. I mean, a more, like, a reachable ambition would be to be spoken about in the same sentence as the Mona Lisa Smile, which, of course, was uh, a film from, like, 2005 or something. I mean, that, that would be more reachable if you could, I don't know, remake that film. You're a billionaire. Remake the Mona Lisa Smile hmm. and there you can be oh, talked yeah. about then, in, yeah. in the same sentence but yeah like it, it doesn't make any sense ah, that's the syntactic talked about though yeah no, it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense as as a ambition but obviously the fact that um he- that's the point he- helen yeah. is able to make it come true is kind of funny that like he was never going to be talked about i think what he what, again what he mean what he means is be talked about with the same reverence as like da vinci that's what he means like he means mm. he wants to be thought of as a genius in the same way that Leonardo da Vinci is thought of as a genius and he wants people mm. to talk about that- him in the same manner but that in his brain in the same way that he couldn't quite recreate the napkin without turning every word into the wrong thing in his brain that yeah. turns about I want to be spoken about in the same sentence as like the Mona Lisa and you're like oh, that's not really what does that mean? yeah whereas but that's- if you take it back a few steps like to be revered like you know, Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, yeah, like da Vinci. Yeah, that makes slightly more sense. But again, like the way that Miles' kind of mush brain works is it, it ended up getting probably, he said it probably a hundred times, and over time it's probably changed a little bit. And then eventually you end up with that sentence that doesn't really, people are like, okay, I mean, sure, whatever. <laughs> like, I guess it makes about as much sense as anything else that he says. You know, like, it, and it's also one of those things that, like, with, with all the faxes and stuff, which obviously are all hilarious, 
But like the idea, and apparently Ryan Johnson had a lot of fun just kind of coming up with the prop guy, like the, the different faxes that they could have sent to <laughs> to Lionel, and just making up a list of them. Um, like it takes somebody else to interpret those faxes to make them make sense. And the same thing mm. happens here. Like it takes a different person to interpret talked about in the same breath as the Mona Lisa for it to make sense. And that person is Helen. Like she's the one who yeah. makes that come true, uh, you know, in a way that probably Andy couldn't do. Um, but I think it's funny as well, because like if this was other screenwriters, they would have taken the route of doing um, what I like to call the Star Trek thing, where. Uh, they used to they used to do this where they would name two they name two real real people and then a, a third fake person, so it'd always be like mm. oh you know he's like uh, you know uh, Michelangelo or he's like uh, Leonardo or you know Zephram Cochran and you're like right like and so in in other in other writings somebody would have been like oh yeah he wants to be thought about in the same breath as like you know Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and then would have named a third fake person and you would have been right. like who's that third fake person <laughs> but like they didn't they didn't fall into that trap of like instead they ended up with this this kind of garbled mushmare thing of like he wants to be remembered the same way as the mona lisa and it's like oh, this doesn't make any sense miles but of course nobody says that to his face um although of yeah, course well, you know I? mona lisa is known for her enigmatic smile and of course miles Braun is smile if you if you you know move around the letters in his first name so maybe maybe somebody said that to him once and he's you know again miles is so dumb we don't know where these things originate from uh, you know this was a man who like 10 years after magnolia came out was still wearing a frank tj mackey uh like costume so it, like it, you know mm. it feels like there was something that was said to him around the year 2000 and he stuck with it and then it, it just does it ends up making less and less sense as the time goes on uh, but yeah, like I say, you know, people feel like the ending of Knives Out is a bit more satisfactory because things get revealed. There's also a nice little touch in Knives Out where um, Jamie Lee Curtis finds out about the affair that Don Johnson is having. Um, but then mm. <clears throat> we, do, we you only see this, you don't see it happen, but in the next scene he has a black eye. And so she obviously punched him. <laughs> but you don't right. need to see the punch. You just see... As they pull back on that final shot with Marta, yeah. you see he has a black eye because his wife has just punched him. Um, and I think maybe some of that subtlety is missing here in like you're blowing up a gigantic glass onion. So it's a bit harder to to subtly have Don Johnson with a black eye and it not be too obvious. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's like it's such a set piece ending. Yeah. And it's also, as a friend of mine put it. It happened to come across in a in a series of movies which seemed to end in random explosions and fires. I mean, it um, also it's really weird because the film I saw directly before this was The Menu, and that finishes pretty much the exact same way. That's that is that is the friend who said this to me. We we had, we had recently just seen that yeah. movie together. Back to back, famous rich person has their building yeah. set on fire, and yeah. in one case, all the patrons die. And in the other case, mm. they don't. But also, it finishes with a person sitting on the beach waiting for the police to arrive. Right, and I think maybe that was it. Is like the the people we fade out on are the, the the two super outsiders to the thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're the ones waiting for the cops to show up, and so we and we don't see the gathering of the impact, the disruptors, and and Helen, right? No. And so maybe that's what, like. Like the focal point isn't the people involved who did bad things and or, you know, were like 
struggling, like, like the the Marta and the family, right? Yeah. So maybe it's just that the ending, because it was the set piece thing, and then sort of ended with Daryl and Benoit, rather than like like you said, this gathering of people where we could see how they feel now that the reveal is done, because we're we're seconds after the insanity of the explosion, right? I mean, a different way to have done it would have been to have. Uh... To have them go to the beach and see the police boats approaching, and at that moment, all agree that they saw the napkin and that they they you know like that they're not going to go with Miles. Like have them separate from Miles because he's sitting with them on the steps as the glass onion collapses, and it's like well yeah. he like he's the guy who's just murdered two people. Why is he sitting with his friends as if nothing happened? And I think maybe yeah. they needed a bit more separation. They needed to be on the beach. And have have all of them like sort of shunning him or something. Yeah, have them have them like, walk like, away like, from him physically, and then be on the beach, and then agree at that point. Yes, they saw the napkin. They got, like he doesn't need to hear them agree that they're going to bring him down. Like that's not a thing that needs to happen. Like he's he's the Mona Lisa has just burned. He's already been brought down. But then having all of them agree to it, they need to be, they needed to be on the beach with Benoit, and because. They also, you know, maybe we need Benoit to be like, "What did you do?" Like, maybe express that he didn't expect that this was the direction it was going to take. Like, he was thinking that maybe a court case would be a better way to go. But you know, just have them sitting on the mm. beach and all be like, "Yeah, I, you know, I saw the napkin. I saw the, you know, just have the that that moment of them bonding as a group instead of sitting like with Miles on the steps." And it's like, yeah, it feels a little bit like they're not going to bring him down it feels a little bit like they're saying it for that moment for helen and maybe once they get off the island they'll be like uh no sorry no i didn't see the napkin like it it, it feels like they're still a bit too close to miles like you know physically and you know in terms of giving him an alibi they needed to move away from miles physically to make it more clear that there there's a line between them and and they're not with miles anymore um but you know uh, other than that uh, you know i enjoyed it and also uh, there were some people on earlier minutes who were going on about like the CGI of the glass onion, and I, I'm sorry, but I watched the like oh. the, the 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 kind of the FX breakdown of how they did the glass onion, and like there, that that island is just basically a blank island with nothing on it, and they built the entire structure in CG, um, and you know it it looks amazing. And I don't know what you, like people when people talk about oh dodgy CG and stuff, it's like I'm, well there are certain things in certain films that are dodgy CG, but the stuff that's in this it's like um it's like, it would be like if people criticized like i don't know that people realize this but um wes anderson uses a ton of cg like so much cg mm. grand Budapest hotel there were basically blank yeah. walls that people stand next to and everything is cg'd onto them and when you look at the fx breakdowns for stuff that he does like it's it's amazing how much CG is used because it's just subtle background CG. It's like little plants are put in or you're cracking a wall is put in and stuff like that. And, you know, this in terms of like the actual island, like when they first turn up and they're standing in front of the glass onion in daylight, that's that entire building CG and it looks fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think, like I say, really, the judgment comes when you get a third Benoit Blanc film and... You know, hopefully it won't be like a Benoit Blanc has retired and he has to be brought out of retirement because, like, okay, Daniel Craig is, I don't know what, pushing sixty, but his his yeah. character doesn't need to be pushing sixty. Like, his character should still be like a vital and active mm-hmm. um, person. And also yeah. in the next film, let's let's get some smooching between him and Hugh Grant. Let's just, you know, full on. Let's really emphasize that he and Philip are in a relationship, and let's just get him like you know. When we first meet them, let's just have them like necking down like crazy because you know you don't have to see mm. two guys just on film just 
you know, chowing down on each other. Just, you know, let's let's really show that they are in a relationship and he's not just... Because in this film, you could just interpret him as like a housekeeper or something. So yeah, let's really... Which I think was... You know, let's make it stronger I mean, that they definitely are agreed. in a relationship. I think that's why I had said uh, on our chat earlier this week about like, hey, what... Um, what would I like to see from the third film? I'd like to see more of his family. And part of that, like I said, is like where he comes from. Part of that would just be to give space for that relationship to be part of the film. Yeah. Right. Because if he's right, because the, these people know them, etc. Let's Let's emphasize right. that. Let's get more Philip in here. Let's, you know, Oh, fully, you yeah. Know. I mean, I mean, you cast him for a reason, right? Yeah, this is it. You don't put Hugh Grant in a film just to have him appear in two minutes and covered in flour. Like, <laughs> you know, obviously, I think the implication is, I feel like people who lived through COVID would know that that had to be someone who was in his bubble. Therefore, he must be, like, yeah, important. extremely close to him. He's not just a worker. But at the same time, yeah, you know, there were a lot of rich people in London who had people in their bubble who were just people who worked for them. So... Yeah. You know, but yeah, let's let's see more of Philip. Let's, but yeah, like I say, until I get to the third film, it's kind of like you know, for me, they're both like I don't know, four and a half out of five, and it's like, you know, if the third film is terrible, then it's like, well, you know, maybe you th- you start to think, oh, maybe the the first two weren't as good. Um, but I don't know if I would buy that. I would just I, I, it might mean that I re- revered the first one more because it was more of a like, oh, this worked, yeah, in a way that like this one kind of didn't. But if like you said, if if the third one like set some tones that feed off of both i will appreciate the second one more yeah i didn't not appreciate it but like i i also am one of those those hosts and guests that like knives out a bit more i just but that's fine right like yeah. i also think who cares if you like one more or the other what i will say is i like both these movies a lot more than a lot of movies <laughs> yeah and so i'm really happy and looking forward to the third one and possibly other ones as as the rumor mill seems to indicate um, why don't we, yes. unless you have anything else no, to say, that's it. Uh, given that I think Darren might not want to edit more than an hour and 11 minutes, um, why, don't we, why don't we wrap it up there? Uh, well, any last words about uh, about uh, Glass Onion? No, I Darren? think I think we know. We've said enough. Uh, I have a feeling that these episodes, even once edited, are going to be longer than Killers of the Flower Moon. So, you know, I feel, I feel like we've, we've said about as much as we can about, about uh, Glass Onion. Uh, yeah, I've somehow managed to... I'm gonna actually once I'm if we still do the bonus episode, I'm gonna have to figure out how many minutes I personally was involved with talking about this because I know my my weeks tend to be the long ones. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, any uh, plugs you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, just search for my name on the you know your podcatcher of choice, and uh, you'll find all the previous uh, podcasts that I've done. Uh, most recently is T Hanks for the memories, which, you know, before the end of the year, I will catch up on that. Uh, you know, glass on your minute has obviously interrupted, uh, my schedule for that for the moment. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you in the entire planet, there's only like four people with my name. So if you search my name, it's fairly certain that mostly stuff that I've done pops up. So, um yeah you know if you search for my name on stuff that's how you'll find me and if you search twitter for at glass onion men you'll get this podcast but we're also on instagram at benoit blanc minute and if you have threads we're at threads.net slash at benoit blanc minute um please rate review subscribe on your podcatcher of choice um i I've, i think i've just said carrier pigeon at some point um you know what right 
write one of our social handle handles on a piece of paper, make a paper airplane, and just toss it at someone in your workplace. Um, other than that, you can also find me at the Omniarc on all of the things, and I co-host uh, the Tanked Up podcast, which is the podcast all about craft beer and video games. Uh, that's most of my things, I think. Um, oh yeah, we're over at the Out of Lives Network, and we might have a new series coming out, which is about um, video game and possibly uh, video game franchises. So I think the first episodes will be about Assassin's Creed. So if that matters at all to you, look out for that. Uh, I think it's Remember the Titans. I think that's what they decided to call it. But anyway, uh, uh, Out of Lives on that in a couple of weeks it should come out. Um, but yeah, that's that's all my plugs. Um, thanks again for ha- guesting all week long, Darren. Um, uh, yeah, and thanks, for, listeners, for sticking with us for what I'm sure was around five hours of chat, about five minutes of film. Uh, I've been Adil. And I regret having you as a host. <laughs> I mean, I... I was like, oh, good, this chunk, Darren's going to be rein me in. And actually, I think I the opposite was the case. I had to rein you in. So um, I'm glad we're both on, secretly on the same page. And, and also that you're the editor and I'm not. But yes, I'll end with that. Bye. Bye.